Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. All right. Was that not amazing at all our campuses? Can we give our worship team a hand? Wow. What a great way to start the night. I just speak Jesus over the rest of this night. I speak Jesus over your circumstances in your life. I gotta stop, because I'm gonna cry. But you can just, you know, sometimes you can just feel the Spirit of the Lord in a place. And I believe that God wants to come in tonight and meet us, wherever you are, whatever you're dealing with. I've just felt his presence all night from the beginning where we were lifting our flashlights and all the women were like, and it just shows you that sometimes we feel like we're alone in this race of life. You're not alone. We're all in this together. And so it's just, I'm excited. I'm so excited. I I love when we come together and we worship together as women. You know, I've always said that we're better together. In Ecclesiastes, it says, two are better than one, for if one falls down, the other one there is there to pick them up. And that's that's who you are as women at Milestone. You are women that you walk together and you help each other up when you're down. And I just love being a part of it. I love that I have a seat to sit back and watch you be the body of Christ with each other. I could tell you story after story after story. I hear them all the time. But I wanna tell you a few, because I just wanna, I just wanna accentuate and, and, and tell you like what you're doing that's awesome. And again, I, I, I only have a, a few moments, so I'm gonna tell you some of the stories I've just heard lately. I was at a 50th wedding anniversary party not too long ago, and I just happened to get to talk to Vicki Kettler, and she's a, a woman in our church, and she organizes and coordinates all of the weddings and the funerals in our church. And she's a phenomenal servant in the house, and her husband got sick. And I was, I saw her at this uh, event and I was like, Vicki, how's Mike doing? Mike helped me with the single mom's uh, renovation project a couple of years ago. He was a builder in construction and so he was a huge help. And I said, how is he doing? And she was kind of telling me about his health journey and we were catching up on that. And then what she couldn't stop talking about was how her small group had rallied around her in this time. And it wasn't a short journey, it's been a long journey, but her small group, she said, have just held her up. And as a matter of fact, when he was going to the hospital, she said it was so hard. She said they were bringing so much food that it was gonna spoil on my porch. She's like, I kept having to call my daughter and say, hey, somebody just delivered something on the porch again, can you go put it inside? And so she just kept telling me about it. She told me about how they would call when she knew that, when they knew that she was expecting test results. And if she didn't text them at midnight, they were texting, okay, what's going on? How can we pray? And she would text them and they would text her right back. And she said the hardest part was that one Christmas, it would have been the first Christmas they weren't actually gonna get to come to Christmas services together. And so they were really sad and down, but Mike just couldn't get out. And so they had just stayed home and all of a sudden they just heard this noise out in their yard. It was like nine or 10 o'clock at night. And they went and looked out the window and their whole small group was standing out there caroling in their yard. That's who y'all are. 
As a matter of fact, I told her, I said, tell me who all is in your small group. I wanna go and thank them personally for just being the hands and feet of Jesus. And I wanna encourage them to, there, some of them are um, you know, just a little older than me, but there's a lot of really young girls in our church too. And I said, I want y'all to encourage the young girls and how to just rally around people and just really, you know, just cover people and love them well and make them know that God sees them through your hands and feet. And then there's Lizzie, and Lizzie's, Lizzie is at our Haslett campus. And Lizzie, if you're listening right now and I chop your story up, I'm sorry. <laughs> because there's so many pieces to Lizzie's story because so many people were involved in helping Lizzie. Lizzie was a teacher at one of the Haslett elementary schools, and there's several teachers at that school that went to Milestone. And so they invited Lizzie to a summer splash that was virtual, like they were all gonna just kind of watch online together. And so then Lizzie came and visited with her family and all the teachers decided they were gonna do a freedom group together. So they invited Lizzie to be part of their freedom group. Well, Lizzie got saved in the freedom group and then wanted to get baptized and then Lizzie's daughter wanted to get baptized. And so they just, they were getting plugged into church. And then a couple of months later, Lizzie got diagnosed with breast cancer. And so we were having our prepare first of the year meetings and Lizzie came up for prayer and one of our pastor's wives, Tori Spinella was here and she and her husband were praying with Lizzie and when Lizzie told her what was going on, she said, you know what, Jillian, Jillian is someone that has dealt with the exact same thing you have. Now Jillian came up for prayer several years before that. I actually got the opportunity to pray with Jillian and she was going through chemo and she'd lost all of her hair and I just actually, funny thing, I prayed that her hair would come back thicker than ever after God healed her. And she said, funny thing, I'm like, what is all this hair, you know? But Jillian got in contact with Lizzie, helped her understand the journey that she was about to go through, walked her through what to expect and gave her some doctor recommendations and just really started helping her on her journey. And then Lizzie goes to the hospital for her first appointment and she's scared and she gets lost in the hospital and she doesn't know what to do and she pushes the elevator button and the door opens and Jillian is standing there. <laughs> Can you imagine how God just works everything out that we're just, that he just, when we're just, yeah, that's a great place to clap. But he will put us in the right place at the right time. If we are looking for the opportunity to love and serve other people, he is just, he is with us and he just orchestrates it all and it's so fun to watch. And I'm just proud of you ladies for the way that you do that with each other. But I am excited about tonight. I'm excited about Summer Splash. And you know it is time for Summer Splash when it is about 105 degrees outside. <laughs> we are all gonna go out there and it's not gonna matter what we did to our hair and makeup tonight because we're gonna look like drowned rats. <laughs> and it's okay. But I'm gonna tell you right now, I don't know how many of you, but I am a summer loving person. Anybody out there just love summer? I love the heat. I don't care if it's 105. I wanna be at the lake, I wanna be at the pool. I wanna drink red dye Kool-Aid. <laughs> I want those popsicles. You know that you, um, they're liquidy, but then you freeze them? In the freezer, you know what I'm talking about? The blue ones are the best. I love a good popsicle, and I loved when my kids were little and they'd play in the sprinklers and the slip and slides and all the things, but I was born and raised in Texas, so I'm probably a little more accustomed to the heat. How many of you would say, I enjoyed it for a week and I'm done, I'm ready for the fall? <laughs> yes. Well, let me just tell you something. It's gonna be here before you know it because we are already halfway through the year. They say when you get older, like time flies, I must be getting really old because I do feel like it was just yesterday that it was like January. 
So time flies. But how many of you back in January made like New Year's resolutions? Because we're halfway through, so we're gonna see how you're doing. <laughs> Anybody make New Year's resolutions? Not a lot of you, but if you did, do you, have you already forgotten what they were? <laughs> Let's see if yours were like most people's. How many of you would say, you know, one of the things you do is you like to spend more time with friends and family. That's my goal. I'm gonna spend more time being intentional with my friends and family. Or maybe less time, you know, shopping and more time saving. Okay, nobody's getting excited about that. <laughs> spending less time on social media. I see all you people, y'all are not spending less time on social media. <laughs> Exercise more, lose weight, you know, all the things that we, we talk about. Several years ago, I made some revol <laughs> um, resolutions and I was never an athlete or a runner, big surprise, I know. I, I know y'all have been thinking I was just an athlete, right? Not at all. Never played any sports. I was a cheerleader. Don't email me and tell me it's a sport. <laughs> Maybe at your high school it was. My high school didn't take any special gifts or talents. And so <laughs> that's what I did. And I decided that, but I was turning 40 and I decided, you know, like, how's the how's this, you know, second part of my life gonna look? I, I wanna be healthy and I would walk all the time, but I decided, you know, I'm gonna try to start running. I'm not, you know, but I had always just said, I don't think I can. My husband always ran and I was like, you know, I, just, I don't think it's in my genetics. I, I just physically don't think I can do it. And he's like, that's not a thing. <laughs> and so I would set little goals. Like I was like, okay, so I'm just gonna run to the stop sign. <laughs> And then I'll walk for a little bit and maybe I'll, I'll run to the end of that fence, you know, and, and then maybe after that, I'll, you know, but I got to where I just kept doing that and I got comfortable running. So I decided I was going to like train for like a half marathon. And so um, I wasn't the fastest runner and I wasn't the most graceful. As a matter of fact, you know, you feel strong when you're running. You feel like somebody in like a, a commercial, you know, but this is what I feel like when I'm running. Do y'all see this? That's what I know I look like. I'm pretty sure that was like a photograph of me. But I was running. And again, I didn't even start running until I was 40, which also makes you know, like you could, it's never too late to like set goals. But you know, it says in the Bible, in Corinthians, it says, do you know that in a race, all runners run, but only one gets the prize? So run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone competes in the games. They go into strict training. They don't get a crown that will last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So, okay, so you say, well, that's great, Brandy, but I am not into running, so don't tune me out. Because when the Bible talks about running, it's not talking about physical running, it's running this race of life, like living the life that God intended to you, running towards the future that he has for you. And tonight, I wanna talk about what I think are some of the biggest obstacles to us running our race well. And there are several things, but I think the biggest of those is comparison. Comparison, comparison is the thief of joy and the greatest obstacle a woman must face to actually run her race well. And you know, it starts when we're young. Um, we all deal with it. We all deal with it. We don't always say it out loud. You'd be like, oh, oh, you know, I don't know. But we, we don't say it out loud, but in our head, we're always measuring ourselves up, like, are we good enough? And I remember when I was like in fifth or sixth grade, we were, had to move to a new town. My parents actually 
were having a hard time financially and they were struggling. And so we, um, we moved and I was going to a new school. And at the time, we just, it was, things were really tight. And my mom had to like make all my clothes. I'm glad she was a good seamstress and she made my clothes. But I remember just starting a new school and wanting to just fit in with all the other girls. And I wasn't wearing the latest styles. I wasn't wearing what all the popular kids were wearing. And I remember comparing myself with the other girls and it was the first time in my life that I felt inadequate. I wish I could say it was the last time that I felt that way, right? But we start young. And you say, well, well comparing, like what do you mean? Well, there's things that we go through in our head all the time that's I'm not blank enough. Maybe I'm not good enough. Somebody asks you to do something and you say, I don't even know if I'm good enough to do that. I'm not smart enough or pretty enough or stylish enough or skinny enough, wealthy enough, popular enough, successful enough. And we go through this litany in of our head of, you know, I don't know if I measure up. And we don't even just have those things that plague us, like what we see in somebody else. We have what we see online that tells us what we should be. You know, Betsy and I, again, we've been friends forever, and we were talking the other day, and you know, we didn't have all of the media that we have now. And we, there was no Pinterest that showed you that your house was supposed to be completely white <laughs> with two and a half kids and a dog. And you were supposed to wear white and look like you had it all together. I'm like, where's the red Kool-Aid? Where's the stains on the carpet? But see, I didn't have that to compare myself to. I just was living my life. You decorated your house like you felt like, you know, like this is kind of what I like and you just tried to make people feel at home but there was no big expectations. But now we live in a time and a place where everybody is telling us and showing us and reinforcing to us all the time what we should do, how we should be, how we should decorate, how we should dress. I mean, Pinterest has 1,050 hairstyles, and my youngest wants to try every one of them, <laughs> right? But there's all the different things that we try to measure ourselves up against. And not only that, people post photos and all of this, and I talk about this all the time because we get in the trap of looking at social media and comparing ourselves. So now it's not what it's just supposed to look like. You see a picture in real time, take a picture, and you're not just comparing yourself to what their actual reality is, you're looking at the filter they put on it. It's not even the real thing, but you're comparing your real life to somebody's perfectly manicured picture with a, a filter. I'm not gonna lie, I like the filters. <laughs> my kids are always like, mom, you know, we'll snap a picture and then I'll filter it real good, you know, where my skin looks smooth and all that, and they're like, stop it. But we love to do that, right? It's our life and a filter. And so then people start comparing what their reality is. And so we feel like we don't measure up. And so, and honestly, I've talked about a few things. There's more blanks than we could actually even fill in. I mean, I might've hit a few things and you're like, well, that's not my thing, but this, this, and this is what I do. And there, there's always something that you see that you don't have. And so we will, we will go into debt to keep up with the Joneses. I mean, we'll just keep charging that credit card to feel like we're keeping up with somebody else. We will, we will date like crazy and lower our standards because somebody else, all of our, everybody's getting married and we wanna have a husband too. So if we're, we're gonna make it happen for better or worse, right? 
We'll compare our kids to other kids, our spouses to other spouses. We will diet ourselves to death. Oh, y'all quiet now. <laughs> Nobody relates, okay, okay, I gotcha. But it's the land of Ur is what I call it. Somebody's always better, smarter, prettier, skinnier, more successful, fitter, you know, more of an influencer. What even is that? <laughs> Kills me. You're an influencer. What have you actually done except post online? I'm sorry. That, I'm meddling now, so I'm going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's funny? The person that you think has it all together, and you think, man, if I could just have their life, do you know they're actually probably not even thinking that about themselves? They're actually probably driven and trying to do more and succeed more because they don't feel like they measure up. And we're just trying to keep up with them. And you know what's funny? And we do this all the time. It's not logical. But what we'll see is we'll see one person and she's such a good mom and you're like, man, if I could just be a mom like that, I wonder what she does. And you're kind of watching to see what she does. And then you see somebody that's like, they have beautiful skin, and you're like, I wonder what her skin regimen is. How does she have beautiful skin? And I wanna have skin like that, so I'm gonna try to do that. And then you see another girl that's like, you know, eating a chicken for breakfast and working out and, you know, <laughs> posting her abs like a six-pack, right? You're like, oh, I, I wanna work out like that. Maybe I need to join a gym. Get some chicken. And then you, you talk to a friend that you haven't seen in a while and they just got their MBA and your hair's a mess and you're feeding kids and cleaning up the house and you got goldfish in the carpet and you're like, why didn't I get my MBA? You know, and somebody's successful in their career and all of these things and they have, and you just start comparing yourself. Well, the funny thing is, you want to be all of that. But you know what's funny? You didn't find all of that in one person. You found that in about eight different people, but that you expect that you're supposed to have all of that. It's not even, sometimes we're not even rational. We compare ourselves and, and set a standard that nobody actually can attain because we're comparing. Oh, she's got this, I should be more like this. She's got this, I should, I get. No one person that you know is all of that. But yet we set ourselves up with that standard. So how do we, how do we get over this? What do we do? What does God say about it? You know, 2 Corinthians says, we do not dare classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. Because when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. The Bible tells us when we're running our race, it's not wisdom to compare ourselves with ourselves. Because we are running the race that God has set for us. So how do we Overcome comparison, because a comparison, let me just tell you this, it's the fastest way to be miserable. And some of you are living in that right now, and you're trying so hard, and you're working yourself to death, and you just still feel worse and worse, because there's no win in comparison. There's just not. So how do we overcome it? We wanna let Jesus define our race. We don't wanna let the girl next door or what this person's doing or what this person says they're doing on social media or this, like we don't wanna let anybody else set our race for us. We wanna say, Jesus, what have you called and appointed and anointed me to do in this life? Where have you put me right now and how can I be fruitful and faithful in this? Help define my race. So when we're asking Jesus that, what do we not do? 
We're not going to self-help. I'm gonna go into that a little bit more, but books and blogs and all of those things that you think, man, if I could just get a new plan and get this and do that and see what this person's doing, then man, I think I could get it together. Not self-help. Not this whole concept that we hear all the day and it's so prevalent in our culture right now. I'm just gonna be true to myself. That's not biblical. The Bible says we die to ourselves. We die to ourselves, and we live for him. We wanna be true to God and his word. When we start trying to be true to ourselves, we become very inward. And when we start looking inward, it gets ugly fast. We wanna be people that give out. That I'm not, I'm, I'm just living to love God and be true to his word and reach other people. I'm not actually living for myself. It's actually when we give our life away that we actually find it. That's contrary to what the world says. But that's what God says. So we have to start changing our thinking. We're not gonna, and I'm gonna try to stay calm on this one. We're not gonna live our truth. <laughs> I could get on my soapbox about that. That phrase makes me so mad. I'm like, what do you mean your truth? Now I'm very belief centered. You might have figured that out by now, but if every and anything can be true, nothing is true. There are things that are true, right? Like the sky is blue. I can't say, well, my truth is that the sky is green. And it's, it's a truth. No, it's not true. <laughs> it's not true. I can, my truth can be that I'm 5'10 and 120 pounds. It's not true. <laughs> it's not. We can't have our truth. And we can't run our race living our truth. We will never find joy and happiness living our truth. We have to let Jesus define our race. Jesus is our coach. He's not just our coach. He's the one that's giving out the medals at the end. He's the one that we're living for and actually trying to please. And um, when when you know, if you've ever played sports, which I didn't, but my kids played sports and my son played football, when you ever know a good coach, a good coach tries to put you in the right position or the right lane, if you will. So like my son um, <laughs> was an amazing lineman, but he would have been a terrible quarterback. Now some of you are like, football, you just lost me right there. But let me just say, my son was built like a lineman. And because he knew that, and because his dad got him steered and you know, this is what you're made for, this is you know, in sports, this is what you're gonna do, he just, he loved his position and he embraced it. But if he would have always spent his life wishing that he was the quarterback, he would have played half-heartedly and never felt like he was winning. And that's what we do in life all the time. We say, well this is my gifts and these are my talents, but I wanna be like her. So I'm gonna try to be like her and step into her lane, but th the whole thing is, I wasn't made to do that. That's not in my gift set. That's not how God made me. That's not how he wired me. So you're trying to be somebody else all the time and you're a failure, a complete failure at being somebody else. Because God puts you in your lane with your gifts and your talents to run in it. And that's how you succeed. I think about Marie, Marie Black. Now Marie, has been here, I was trying to think about it, and I'm thinking based on our kids' ages, because her daughter and my oldest, Hannah, were the same age. And I'm thinking that they've been in the church about 14 or 15 years now. 
And almost every single weekend, when I'm coming from shaking hands back through this auditorium, Marie is in here, she's part of our First Impressions team, and she is just picking all the coffee cups that everybody leaves, you know, you leave your coffee cup, all that. Marie's picking up the coffee cups. She's re, you know, restocking the connect cards. She's just making sure that everything looks great for the next service. And faithfully, she and James are in here almost every weekend. I'm sure that it's not every weekend because gosh, that's a lot, that's a lot. I should tell her to take a break. But, um, <laughs> but for all these years, and so every time I'm coming back there, I'm just looking for Marie because I wanna say, hey, how's your daughter doing? How's Jillian doing? Because they were like, I don't know, seven or eight when they came to the church, you know, our girls. And so now she's like graduated from college. And so the other day, maybe a couple of months ago, I was coming through and she said, well, Jillian's graduated with her nursing degree and she got accepted to Duke Research Hospital, the emergency room, she's gonna be a nurse there. But gosh, I'm worried, it's so far away. It's so far away, I don't, I don't know anybody there. And she's going there by herself and Jillian's their only child and I said, you know what? <clears throat> I just happen to know some people. I said, actually, there's a great church right over by Duke Hospital. And I said, actually, I, we are friends with the pastors. We are really close with them. And their daughter just graduated with her nursing degree. And you know what? I'm gonna call them right now, tell Jillian to go visit this church, and they're gonna be expecting her. So Jillian goes, and she, she, she plugs in with the church, and they introduce her to her daughter, and they become fast friends. And so just a couple of weeks ago, Jeff was preaching at this church, and Jillian comes bebopping in there with a big smile on her face, and she's found spiritual family and her best friend, and she's just living her best life. And I thought about it, and I'm like, this is not any big, like, you know, oh, wow story, but Marie is faithful every weekend to be in here, just, just serving people and getting ready for the next service. And just and because I know she's gonna be here, I wanna just connect with her. Marie, how you doing? Thank you for serving. What's going on? Tell me. And because she's just faithfully staying in her lane, you know what, God will intersect people when you are running in your lane. And she just happened to tell me about where Jillian's at. I just happened to know somebody. And then you just happened to help everybody's, like, you just help each other. Your children get to their destiny. Your destiny's tied to your relationships. So when you're running in your lane, God is gonna intersect people with you. And I love that, that God does that over and over again. The second thing, so we're gonna let Jesus define our race. We're gonna stay in our lane and appreciate it as valuable knowing that God placed us there for a reason and we're gonna flourish in it. But the second thing is we're not gonna look back. You know, when Hannah was little, she always used to run backwards while she was going, I mean not run backwards, she would look backwards while she was going forward. It was the craziest thing. I don't know if you've ever seen, none of my other kids did this. Um, but but she, she, literally, it was like, <laughs> like somebody was chasing her, but her brother wasn't even big enough to chase her yet. And I mean, she also was the only one that had multiple fat lips, bruises. She had stitches by the time she was 15 months old on her head. I mean, and honestly, she had more fat lips. Of course, she had already pretty lips, and then they were like, mm. <laughs> all the time. As a matter of fact, I remember one time we were about to have pictures, uh, family pictures made, and Jeff was throwing her on the bed, and I was like, what are you doing? She's gonna bust her lip again. And he's like, oh, okay, you know, and she was fine. And then I go to sit her on the counter to fix her hair, and she busts her lip when I put her down. I'm like, of course, of course that happened. 
but she was always doing this. And so I remember one day I was sitting on the couch with Jeff and she came around the hall and just turned the corner and she was running straight at us, looking back. And all of a sudden she turned her head and looked at us and tripped and fell straight into the coffee table. You know, the corner, the sharp corner. And I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, she came up and she had a a knot from like here to here. See how cute she was? Well, she came up and it was green and black and it was this huge like thing, like an egg coming out. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're gonna have to take her to the emergency room. You know, she looks like a Klingon. (laughs) And my husband was like, oh, she's fine. Your head is hard, you know, better out than in. I'm like, is that even a thing? Can anybody verify that's a thing? I I don't know. But... (laughs) But she was fine. <laughs> but it is true. You, it never goes well if you're trying to go forward while you're looking back. And some of you say, Brandy, the things that keep me from moving forward are not necessarily physical weights or obstacles, but there's a lot of things that are heavy in my life that I can't let go of from my past. Guilt, regret, offense, you know, all of these things. I'm always looking back. But let me just tell you, it's very hard to go forward when you're always looking back. As a matter of fact, you'll get a lot more bumps and bruises along the way in your race when you're looking back because God's moving forward. This is part of your race, but it's not your race. You know, in Exodus, when Moses was trying to lead people out of Egypt, out of slavery, where it says that their lives, they were treated ruthlessly and their lives were made bitter into the promised land, God's better future. And he's trying to lead them out of slavery and all the bondage and all the things that they faced. And as a matter of fact, you know, you think about all the things that they saw. I mean, God not only sent all the plagues on Egypt to make Pharaoh actually allow them to to go out from there and just to set them free from slavery, but then he also led them by a fire at night and a cloud in the day. And he always had those things. Now listen to this. He always had those things in front of them so that they were looking forward, not behind them, so that they were looking back. Not only that, he parted the Red Sea and let them go through it on dry land and then swallowed up their enemies. I mean, can you imagine you say, oh, if I saw all those miracles, I would totally leave my past behind, right? I mean, can you imagine? But they were always looking back, romanticizing their past, because sometimes what happens is they were on their road to freedom, but it was a process and it was a long road. And so sometimes when the going gets tough, even though you're headed in the right direction, when the going gets tough, we're tempted to turn around and look back. And sometimes we romanticize what, what the past looked like. The Egyptians would say, well, back when we were in Egypt, we got spicy pots of meat and onions and leeks. And it's like, what? No, you didn't. You were beaten. Your lives were bitter. You were treated ruthlessly. But for some reason, their bondage, when the going got tough, seemed preferable. Can you imagine? We do it all the time. Sometimes we, we have a hard time moving forward in our race because of things that we have in our past. And God wants us to move forward. And he has this beautiful, bright future ahead. But we have to work through some things, some hard things, forgiving people that you don't feel like for, you know, deserve forgiveness. Sometimes it's not just forgiving other people, it's forgiving yourself. Forgiving yourself. Maybe you have some regrets and some things that you wish you hadn't done. And you have a hard time just saying, 
I can, how could God forgive me? I can't even forgive myself. But God wants to tell you that he wants to forgive you tonight. He wants you to keep moving forward in your race. Don't let your past define your race. Don't let a bad season, some of you need to hear this tonight. Don't let a bad season equal a bad life. Don't let a bad season equal a bad life. A bad season is just that. It's a bad season. And sometimes we get tripped up. Um, actually, I was thinking about a time when I got tripped up, but you know, I remember when I was running my first 5K, when I was trying to get in shape for this half marathon, and I actually had run the whole race and I had got to the finish line and I tripped. I tripped straight over the timer <laughs> onto my face and this finish was in a, a stadium. And it was in Jeff's hometown and it was a, the stadium and all the people were in the, in the seats in the stadium watching all the runners come by and the local town photographer for the newspaper was photo finishing everybody's, everybody's race. And so I literally tripped and fell flat on my face. And you wanna say, oh my gosh, that's humiliating, what have I done? And, and you wanna just, you know, just quit. But I was like, nope, I'm gonna take the two steps past the finish line now. And I'm gonna hold my head up because at the end of the day, I got tripped up, but that wasn't my whole race. I ran the race. I wasn't even running a month ago, but I ran the race. So you're not a failure. Sometimes you just get tripped up in life. So sometimes we look back because of failures, because of things that we've done. Sometimes it's nostalgia. We, were, you know, we think, oh, back in the past when it was this, and now I'm going into this, and it's hard, and all of that. But you can't, there's no going back. A lot of times things in our mind are better or worse than they actually were. But what you have to do is you have to say, that was a great season, maybe that wasn't a great season, but I'm gonna choose to thrive in the season that I'm in. I can't go back to that. So what am I gonna do? I'm gonna do everything I can to thrive in the season that I'm in. And sometimes we look back because what we had, maybe as a child or a young girl, was dreams and expectations of what our life was gonna look, look like. And maybe it was like a fairy tale type of thing where you thought you know, your husband was gonna like, you know, kiss you every morning and wake you up and make you breakfast and you know, just serve you at your every whim. And your children were gonna be practically perfect in every way and you know, all of that. And so you had this, like, this expectation and then you got into it and you're like, oh, raising kids is hard work. Marriage is hard work, right? And so you have this missed expectation, so you look back and say, well, wait a second, this wasn't what I was expecting. I think about that all the time of expectations and what that looks like, but at the end of the day, God's best for you is actually better than your expectations if you'll just embrace it and receive it. You know, so many times we think what we want, but if we actually had everything we wanted, we probably wouldn't be happy with it because we would look at somebody else's thing and think, wait a second, I mean, I have this, but they have this, and this looks kind of great, and we would still compare. 
So what we wanna do is, is take those expectations and lay it before God and say, God, this is what you have given me. This is where I'm at and I wanna thrive in my season. I wanna thrive in what I'm doing right now. And that may mean there's a road to freedom that I have to take. There may, that may mean that I have to leave some things behind. That may mean that I have to do some hard work. Maybe I need to ask somebody for forgiveness in order to keep moving forward in my race, but I wanna run my race well. Sometimes it's not just looking back. Sometimes we just get distracted in our race because different things come our way. Galatians 5, 7 says, you are running the race well. Who interfered and prevented you from obeying the truth? Think about it. What are the things that we're running and something happens, there's a voice that comes in and it, it prevents us from obeying the truth. Um, some things, it's, sometimes it's other voices. The things I was talking about earlier, like books or blogs or things like that. So many times we as women, we love to read and get information and, you know, five steps to, you know, cleaning your house and organizing your closet and your pantry and, you know, how you can make that, you know, all these, get all the same little bottles and, you know, name them and organize them and you got flour and sugar and all of that. It looks perfect. And how can I organize better? How can I make sure that my kids have a, a bedtime, you know, and they go to sleep at this time and they, we have this routine and we do this and how do I do this? And, you know, but then there's also the blogs like, worst end of the year mom ever and you're like yeah that's me and I identify with that and you know all of the things and so we start reading things and we start soaking it in like it's the gospel like if I do this I'll be successful housewife if I do this I'll be a successful my business if I do this I'll be a successful mom if I do this I'll be a successful friend and we don't really always you know kind of take that and put it through the lens of what does the bible say because other people's opinions are great, but we don't really know how it actually worked out for them. They can say, oh, me and my husband do this, and I tell him this, and I tell him what to do, and I, you know, all of that, and you're like, yeah, that's what I wanted to hear. I'm gonna go home and tell him to get it together. You know, and then a couple of years later, you find out, oh, they were divorced six months after that blog. <laughs> right? These people, they, you know, all of this, they wrote all this about kids, their kids are a mess. But we just read it and we think, wow, that sounds good, so I'm just gonna absorb it, I'm just gonna take it in, because that sounds good to me. And we don't put it through the lens of, what does the Bible say about it? So sometimes we get distracted by just other voices. We have to understand that we have to take everything and put it you know, before the word of God and say, God, what do you say about my kids? I'm not a perfect mom. I am never gonna be a perfect mom, but you love my kids more than me, God, and I know that you are gonna intervene on their behalf even when I am off base. How many of you know we're all off base sometimes? Anybody ever gotten onto their kid and you punish them and you realize they didn't even do any of it? And you're, you have to go back and you're like, I'm sorry. Uh, Dad got into the cookies, not you. You know. <laughs> or whatever. I mean, we all feel like we're missing it sometimes. Or, you know, you forgot to dress them up for a dress-up day. Or maybe at work you missed deadlines. Or whatever it is. And you just are like, I am missing it. But here's the thing. We're all going to miss it. But it only helps us to understand that as we're running our race, we are totally dependent on God as our source. If I'm looking for other people's accolades or, you know, pats on the back or, wow, you did it right, you're good, and all of that all the time, how many of you know that just doesn't always come your way, even when you do? I gotta know that, you know what, I'm doing my best before God, and he's the one that matters, and he sees the things I do in the hidden places, the prayers that I pray, the things that I'm just, you know, just putting before him and trying to just place my life and all these things 
and he's gonna reward me. And he's gonna help me in this race. He's gonna help me finish strong. So we don't get distracted. Sometimes it's family and friends. Sometimes you might be struggling in your marriage and you think, no, you know what? I actually want to, I wanna work it out. We're going through a tough time right now. And maybe you tell, you know, your mom or your sister or somebody and you know, well, you know what? I never really liked him anyway. <laughs> you know, I think you just ought to get a divorce. Who got you tripped up in your race? Who were you listening to? You gotta listen to the voice of God. We don't wanna get distracted by other voices. Sometimes we get distracted when we just have relational conflict. We're running our race and then all of a sudden something happens, whether it's at work or with a friend or with your spouse, and you just, you just kind of get sideways. And you're over here and you're trying to figure it out and you're mad and all of that, but we're all gonna have conflict in our life. But we have to keep moving forward as we're working it out. We have to keep just moving towards what God has for us. Now, we don't, we don't not take care of what's going on. We don't not take care of the conflict and, and work it out in our life but we have to keep moving forward towards God's best future for us. We can't just stop, because when we stop and we're not moving towards what God has for us, then we're definitely not gonna be able to resolve that conflict, because we're stuck there, and I'm not moving until you see it my way. Gotta keep moving forward towards God's best. Sometimes it's unexpected circumstances that get us distracted. I know back in 2020, people think about you know, COVID. I don't actually think that much about COVID because in 2020, I actually got full-blown mono twice. Not like, you know, I'm in high school and I was down for a week and I felt bad. Like, I didn't, you, you know what? And if you're a high schooler here, just go ahead and get it. Your mom's been telling you not to drink after everybody, just go ahead and get it because you don't want it when you're 40-something years old. I spent my whole life trying to tell my kids, don't drink if you might get mono. And I'm like, why didn't I get mono in high school? <laughs> That's terrible, sorry. Um, but I accidentally drank after one of my friends at a little luncheon and she had mono. I thought her Diet Coke was my Diet Coke. And next thing you know, I feel like I'm gonna die three weeks later. And I go to the doctor and they say, oh, you have mono. But you don't just have mono. Like if, the, if this number is like where you have mono, you're like 10 times that. As a matter of fact, Brandy, your motto's impressive. <laughs> okay, there's a lot of things I might wanna be impressive in. Mono is not one of them. And so I had mono, and I was literally laid in bed for about six weeks. It made me so weak. I had been running, I had been doing all the things, and it made me so weak that I didn't even feel like I could like lift my hands to get out of, like just walking was a chore. I just, I was like, my arms feel heavy. I just, I can't do anything. So I finally started feeling a little bit better. And then about three months later, I started feeling kind of weak again. And I was like, what? And then I got to where I could barely lift my hand. And I went back to the doctor and he's like, you have mono again. I was like, but is that, I didn't even think that was a thing. Like, I thought you only got it once and then you were good, right? And he's like, no, a lot of people actually deal with this. And again, if this is what's positive, you're 10 times higher than that. Your mono's impressive. Perfect, perfect. So about six or eight weeks, I was out again. And you start thinking, God, like, am I ever gonna feel all right again? I felt so weak, so down. And then I recovered and I got COVID because it was COVID year. <laughs> and again, it makes you feel fatigued and down. And I told my husband, I said, the devil 
is trying to make me mad. I said, and he is trying to get me down. But if I'm gonna be down in bed, I'm gonna be up in the word. I am not gonna let him have the victory in this. Sometimes what we do in our race is we let our circumstances define our race. But we have to let our faith determine our circumstances. I might be down, but you know what? I can get my laptop up, out, I can watch a, you know, a sermon, and I watch more sermons. I told my husband, I was like, I have, I have watched every preacher in the United States. <laughs> You're still my favorite. <laughs> I have read the Bible, I know the word. The devil is gonna be sorry if he gets me down again. And so you have to let your faith define your circumstances, not the other way around. Sometimes things hit us hard. And maybe it's not a health thing. Maybe, again, maybe it's a divorce. Maybe you got fired from your job and you were just like, wait, I thought I was succeeding. I thought I was doing good. And something hits you and you just, it just kind of like stops you in your tracks. We're like, no. As women of God that love Jesus, we are not gonna let our circumstances define our race. We're gonna let our faith determine our circumstances and we're gonna keep running towards God because we know that he cares for us, he loves us, he wants the best for us and actually if we just keep running after him and trusting him, like our end is gonna be better than our beginning. We think we have to control everything and make everything happen but God works on our behalf when we're not even, when we don't even know it, when we're not even watching. He is working things in our behalf if we're just trusting him and loving him and walking in his way. Sometimes we get distracted when we see other people succeeding and we're struggling. Like we look over and we're like, wait a second, like I'm struggling right now, but they're succeeding. And so you just kind of are like, what's wrong with me? And what am I not doing right? And so it kind of trips you up. And it makes me think of, again, I told Hannah, I didn't even tell her until she got here, like I'm using you a couple of times in the illustration. Um, but she ran track in junior high for a little while, and one time she was running, I think it was like the 400, and we were at her track meet, and all of a sudden, you know, it's like, the, you know, the guns go off or whatever, and she starts running, and she's running so hard, but she looks over at the girls beside her, in the two lanes beside her, and these girls were very tall, pure muscle mass, long-legged girls, and they were like, I mean, I can't even do it because I'm not that, and I mean, and they were just like trucking it. And Hannah looked over and she was like, oh my gosh, she was killing herself trying to catch up. And all of a sudden, she just was like, boom. And all these little boys in junior high, Hannah. And they were like running out on the track, Hannah. And then they were looking at us like, oh, your daughter, she's on the ground. And Jeff and I looked at each other, we were like, oh, she just faked that. She just faked an injury to take herself out of the race. We weren't worried, we knew what happened. So we, the golf carts come in to pick her up, you know, and they're like, what's wrong? She's like, I hurt my ankle, I mean, my knee, you know? And we were like, oh my God. She just faked an injury to take herself out of the race because she didn't feel like she could keep up with what everybody else was doing. And so many times we laugh about it. So many times we are running our race and then we see what somebody else is doing and we're like, wait, wait, I should be farther along than I am. And they're succeeding and I'm, I'm struggling. Like I'm going forward, but I'm struggling. And so we'll just do something to disqualify ourselves. We do it all the time. It's normal to look side to side, but we have to focus on our lane and our race. 
And finally, we have to focus on the finish line. You know, Hebrews says, therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. I want you to know tonight that the Father, God, is proud of you. He sees you, he loves you, he knows you, he's for you. You know, you may not feel like you're celebrated by culture or family or friends, or sometimes you feel like you're unseen, but God sees you and he knows you. You don't have to look the side and see what that girl's doing. She's running her race. God has your race, your lane, and he knows what lane you're supposed to be in and how you're gonna succeed, and he's proud of you, and he loves you, and he says, keep running your race. I'm with you, and I'm gonna help you. You know, not all the things that we go through are bad, even if they feel bad. Sometimes we go through things so that we'll understand that we can't actually run this race on our own, that we are fully and completely dependent on God to help us, and we look to him as our source. You know, I was thinking about that song that we sang earlier, The Goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. Gosh, all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. My life hasn't always been easy. I've had hard things, but in every season, even though it didn't feel good, I knew that God was with me and that he was faithful and that he was working in my behalf. When I dealt with arthritis, when I lost a baby, when I was, you know, my parents were struggling when I was young and I was comparing myself at school. Every season, I look back and he was faithful to me. He was faithful and he was good. We have to look back and sometimes we say, but this happened, there was this season of my life, I did this. Don't get stuck in that season. God sees you, he loves you, and he wants you to keep moving forward because he has the best future for you. And you know, we're gonna keep running our race and one day we're gonna be at the end of our race. And how we've run our race is gonna be a model for the generation that comes behind us because we're gonna hand off the baton to our children. And we wanna be able to say that we have run our race in a, a way that they can start off in a better place than we did. You know, again, we're not always celebrated as we get older, but there is nothing more beautiful than a, a woman that was just a, that loved Jesus, that she was just full of God. And most of those women, if you look at their lives, their lives weren't easy. Their lives weren't always a bed of roses. They went through hard things, but they lived their life in a way that honored God and they ran their race well. And you look at them and you say, that was a life well lived. I know that when I am finishing my race, I wanna be able to hand the baton off and say, listen, like, you know, my ceiling was your floor. You can keep running and running strong and you can run healthier than I did and you can believe God at a different level than I did because you just were building your faith and I know that I didn't always do everything right but I just kept running. I got tripped up a few times but I got back up and I wiped myself off and I kept running and I'm about to finish and cross the line but I wanna hand it off and I want you to run farther than me. That's what we are living our lives for, to honor God and to be able to hand that baton off and say, you've got this from here. One day we're all gonna be there. We're all gonna be there. Let's everybody stand. God, I just thank you.
for the women here today. And I just pray a blessing over all of them. We're gonna go out and have fun. And Lord, I just pray that you would just bless our time together, Lord. But I thank you for the goodness. I pray that you would help us all to run our race well, to love you with all of our heart, to serve you, to help somebody else up, God, because we're better together. And run together, Lord. And I pray that you would do, help us to do everything to glorify you, God, and in the confidence that you see us and that you know us and that you're with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.